<laughs> nope. Oh, we got that delay. All right. I don't hear anything in my ears. All right, folks. We're back. And, folks, we have a special day for you today. Uh, this is your host, Radio Strongman, coming to you live, broadcasting from the Mac Hike of Flowwood Studios. People ask me, are you broadcasting from Mike Mac Hike over there on Lakeland Drive? No, we're still here in Flowwood, but uh, Mac Hike is the sponsor of today's broadcast. So we're broadcasting from the Mac Hike of Flowwood Studios. So we just want to uh, invite you to check out all the deals, the great deals at Mac Hike. All right, folks, <clears throat> with no further ado, I've got a, a friend of long standing here in the studios with us. Uh, many of you have heard his name down through the years. He is one of the premier investors. Well, I don't know. I'll let him bill himself as he wants. We have in the studios with us Mr. Walter Walford. How you doing, Walt? Kim, thank you. Thank you for having me. Good to have you here, man. How do you bill yourself? Dad, granddad, or Well, what? my granddad's name is Wally Pop. Wally Pop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I came up with that one, so I'm, <coughs> I'm old enough to have plenty of grandkids. And how many you got? Well, I got three, mm-hmm. and uh, and I've been... I look back, I've been in the real estate business for 42 years yeah. in Jackson. Right. That's about how long you've been in. Yeah. You know, Walt, one, I, and, I, and I'll say this to you, I've never said this to you, but one of the biggest uh, failure of opportunities that I missed was when you invited me to come work with you over at Walford Real Estate. And I, and I stayed with James. James Carson, a good friend of mine. And uh, But over the years, I've seen you grown, seen your son come into the business. See, you guys are just... Both uh, sons. Yeah. And you guys are just... Uh, Let's just say you've been making it work. Well, uh, I don't have a real estate license anymore, so I retired that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I am active in buying and selling houses right. in Jackson. And I do that. And that's where right, this yes. just this is where the homestead talk that we're going to talk about today is mm-hmm. so important. Yeah. For It's a big deal, and, and it's hard to get this information. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk about homestead exemption rules, timelines, things like that today. Got you. Uh, Walt had, uh, he spoke to another group about this very same information. I said, now this is good because, you know, actually, Walt, you're going to save me probably about $900 a year just with that conversation that you had. And I said, the listeners need to hear this. The uh, property owners out there need to hear this. So with no further ado, we have in the studios Mr. Walter Wofford. And if at any point you want to throw out any uh, uh, social media presence or contact, you're welcome to do that. Okay, Kim. Thank you. (coughs) So, um, just a kind of disclaimer, I, I don't have any license, so I'm not really giving you any advice. I'm right. just telling you what I found out. Right. And most of what I found out was the hard way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and so I've been buying houses since 1981. Mm-hmm. And so you can imagine that this homestead piece is an important piece. I didn't realize how important it was just to kind of give you a, a tee up for the topic. Mm-hmm. I bought a, a house in Bellhaven, and I thought— at the time, now this was many, many, many years ago, that if I I wanted to capture the owner's homestead status, so by delaying till after the first of the year to file the deed, see, I didn't know the rules. Right. And that little seminar that I took cost me $4,000, <laughs> and that was back 1981. So we'll, we'll learn about this. The, the date that matters is January 1. Right. So let me give you a little his- <coughs> history about this homestead. So... Uh, homestead was established these basically it's taxation on your primary residence so who needs to know about this somebody that's thinking about buying a house 
or people that own a house or better yet parents of people who are caregivers to their elderly parents they need to know about this because there's not one place that you can really go unless yeah. you do some digging about this mm-hmm. and i'll just give you an example when you uh when you live in the in the house is your primary residence you can file for homestead and that is going down to the county each county has a tax assessor's office and you got to go down there and prove that you live there and i'll tell you about that in just a minute and if you do that uh, if you own it and live in it on January 1, then you get a, a reduced taxes, homestead exemption. Right. Now, not all states have homestead exemption. So it's Mississippi has got some very good uh, rules about this. And so it's been around this, this whole idea of uh, promoting home ownership at the state level started way back 1930s. Hmm. So this has been around for a while. So the idea is that timeline so when you if you're a landlord which i know you've been in your past mm-hmm. so we don't get homestead exemption you right. got to live in it and own it and so the taxes basically are double for mm-hmm. the landlords mm-hmm. versus living in it and owning it right, right. now when you get to be um, when you file for homestead they'll take $300 off your tax bill, and it's actually calculated at a different rate, lesser rate than the homestead rate. And so you get a break up to assessed value of $75,000. After that, it doesn't matter. Right. So uh, this may not be very meaningful for people that have five or $600,000 house, <coughs> but really in Jackson, there are many, many, many houses that are assessed less than $75,000. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just... Uh, put a pen on a map in South Jackson and Queens and, right. and Broadmoor and all the very few of them are assessed that much. Yeah, it they could very be, well be close to 40, 50 percent or more of the houses that are below that you know, $75,000 range, you think? You know, and I want to I want to go down to the rabbit trail just a minute to tell you sure. something that I learned. You know, uh, what what I have, what I do that's different than my sons that are in the business, mm-hmm. both of them brokers, is mm-hmm. I help tenants become homeowners. Mm-hmm. In the Jackson area. And what happened back after the meltdown in 2008, the pendulum swung in terms of regulations. Mm-hmm. And they, they put, they put a, a bunch of restrictions on seller financing and banks, the Dodd-Frank Act. Right. I know you, right. you've probably talked about that before. Mm-hmm. But what it did is it put a cap on the amount that mortgage brokers and closing costs could be. And so when you when – you, you have unintended consequences when you translate that to lower price houses. It means nobody wants to make a loan right. on a fifty to to seventy five thousand dollar house mm-hmm. because they can't make any money at it. Well, you know, uh, I'm going to let you continue, but that's what always. Even when I was with the phone company, uh, the people who made sales they would never go out and just ask the guy at the end of the road who actually does and use the equipment. What do you need? And they didn't do that with the, uh, in so many instances, with uh, Dodd-Frank and the Consumer Federation, whatever it is. Uh, they never just went out and asked the people who actually do real estate and mortgages, how would this affect you and how would it affect the economy? So continue on. I, I, I'm feeling your pain. Well, Jackson, <coughs> Jackson's got uh, just low price housing mm-hmm. compared to virtually anywhere else in the United States. And in particular, for those that rent houses, we have incredibly high rents for how much it costs to buy a property. Right. So you might have 
forty or fifty thousand dollars in a house that rents for a thousand a month, mm-hmm. right? Okay, that's not normal mm-hmm. across the United States. Right, you won't see that, and and of course that's certain areas of Jackson, Madison, Richmond doesn't have that the mm-hmm. same thing. It's just that, you know, in Mississippi, big picture, we we're losing our population. Mm-hmm. We have been for years, year after year. I, and I don't know what it takes to stop that, but what that means is in the, around the metro area, you can see Clinton growing. You can see Madison, Ridgeland, Brandon, and South, too, but the city of Jackson is not growing in terms right. of households. Right. It's less and less, and so they're turning more towards rentals. Some zip codes, I've done a lot of research on this, Kim, and I'm not trying this is really all part of a big topic, right? right? Yeah. But you've got uh, some areas of town that have bigger percentages of renters than home than people that live in home mm-hmm. and so you got south jackson 39212 or 39204 39204 has a lot more renters in it mm-hmm. as does 39206 interestingly enough bellhaven where i live near the bellhaven college it's mm-hmm. got a very high percentage of renters and it was designed, the neighborhood was designed that way because you got duplexes and apartments right next right. to single-family houses. Mm-hmm. Just So we're trending towards more rentals. Mm-hmm. Now, that's contrary to helping neighborhoods. Would you agree with that? I would. I would. And, you know, uh, we're going to continue on. This is the reason I wanted to have Walter in. Uh, you know, I've been talking about the, the mayor's race and whether or not the city could be saved. Uh, part of my observation through my years being in real estate is that our leadership really doesn't understand how the housing market, and as Leland Speed would always say, every elected official is a real estate agent, whether they want to be or not, whether they even know it or not. And what I wanted you to bring to bear as we talk, we're going to talk, continue to talk about the homestead exemption and all the benefits and yada, yada, yada. But I want you to also, you know, do what you're doing, talking about the overall market and how uh, real estate impacts the property values, the tax base, et cetera. So continue on and just kind of flow with whatever comes to mind because it's all going to be j- germane to you being here. Go ahead. Thank you, Cam. <coughs> so helping tenants become homeowners mm-hmm. is critical. We know that Dodd-Frank, shot that effort in the head mm-hmm. in certain price points. We know that. Right. And so how do how do how do tenants become homeowners? I mean, think about it. They can't go get a loan, most right. of them. Right. The house doesn't qualify or the people don't qualify. Mm-hmm. Uh, they may be self employed and they can't they don't fit the mold that the uh, lenders are looking for. Mm-hmm. And that would be me too. I'm mm-hmm. not self I right. I'm self employed. You're self employed, right. right? Right. You don't fit the W two type transaction. So I'm 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 I applied uh overnight to see, you know, whether or not about buying a house and uh so I'm waiting to hear back, you know, everything should be okay. But the point is is that uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to get financed. Somebody's going to be toting a note for us if it's all. But, again, they've got their restrictions, and they want to see, okay, can you justify this? Uh, yeah, you say you're an independent. Let's see the, uh, let's see the receipts, as they would say. Yeah, you've got to prove to the lender that you can afford what you're borrowing, and that's right. true with housing, too. So what happens is with these houses that we rent to tenants for a while, and let's say we rent them for 800 bucks a month, you know, we can finance them. And this is getting back to Homestead. Right. We can finance them where they're 
principal interest taxes insurance would be around 600 mm-hmm. And why is that? Because this homestead exemption that landlords don't get, that homeowners mm. get. Now, for those that are medically disabled, have you talked about that on your I show? I had not. I had not. But I am aware, but I had not talked about it. So there are rules about medically disabled folks getting uh, the same tax break on property taxes as somebody 65 and older. Right. <coughs> All right. So, so I'm going to quiz you, Kim. Okay. What percentage of Mississippi households do you think have one or more per people who are medically disabled? Wow. I, I, I would imagine it's up to two or three out of ten. That's exactly right. It's mm-hmm. over 20 percent. We're one mm-hmm. of the highest in in the nation mm-hmm. of medically disabled people. Mm-hmm. Now, why that is, I'm not sure. Well, I think a lot of it is because of the uh, uh, the diabetic uh, obesity and things like that, but still you qualify for this particular uh, 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 stop from the government, if you will. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But go ahead. And see, folks, this is what I'm talking about. When you hear the mayor and the council people talking about the plight of the city of Jackson, they won't listen, or maybe they don't even know to ask people like Walter, people, uh, real estate brokers, people like the realtors, sit down and say, how can we make this city work? How can we get the currency to flow? How can we get rooftops? And that's a serious question. Well, we need more home ownership, <clears throat> more home ownership right. in Jackson. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of investors come in from around the country. California, mm-hmm. they look at these prices, say, I got to have them, I got to have them. Right. So they, they may pay $80,000 for a house that rents for 800 Right. Because compared to being in San Diego, and you know, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So that's what's driving a lot of these sales in here are out-of-town investors, not so much local investors, mm-hmm. because we've been spoiled. Right. You know, we'll go, <laughs> you and I've been spoiled, we, you know, we'll go spend twenty five, thirty thousand 30000 to buy and fix up a house that can rent for 800 Right. So that's being that's being on the ground, mm-hmm. boots on the ground, so to speak. But uh, this homestead, let's get back to that. So well, I'll tell you what, hold that thought. We're going to take a break. We're here with Walter Walford. We're talking about homestead exemptions. Uh, there's uh, things that I did not know until he I heard his uh, speech on this, and I wanted everybody else to listen. Uh, it could very well be a money saver for many of you out there, particularly if your home is valued under seventy five thousand dollars. It could be up to maybe $1,000. Who knows? But, again, the information is out there. We're going to be talking real estate today. Walter Walford's in the studios. And, again, you got a social media presence. or Well, we'll talk about that going down the road. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. We're live broadcasting from the Mack Hike of Flowwood Studios. In the studios with us, uh, Mogo. Walter Walford. Oh, now, now, now. <laughs> He's in the studio. We're talking real estate today, all aspects of real estate. How? And I'm going to be getting to some questions slipping in here. We're going to get to the meat of the matter, which is about homestead exemption. I tell you what, let's let's flow with the homestead exemption, and then we can go down on rabbit trails in, in a minute. But as your mind goes, stop and do it, because I don't want you to lose. You know, we, we're getting the gray matters. is not as uh, tight as it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, so <clears throat> each county has to abide by the state rules for homestead. Right. So the tax assessor is the keeper of the homestead exemption. Okay. And so what matters is January 1. Okay. Did you live in it and own it on January 1? So think about all all the people listening who's had a family member that bought a house in the last year and moved in it. 
So they got to take some action. Now, it doesn't cost them any money, Mm -hmm. but they got to go down after. Well, they can't go down on January 1 Mm -hmm. because it's closed. Right. But as soon as it opens, then you got you can go down and file for homestead. And what you're going to need to take with you is a copy of your deed. Mm -hmm. All right. You're also going to need to take uh, a snapshot of your driver's of your tag or your car tag. And you you'll need your driver's license, too. Mm -hmm. And then you're also going to need to prove that you've got some utilities in your name. Okay. Now, we had uh, a neighbor who moved in, what is today, Monday, last Monday, into our neighborhood, mm-hmm. and I'm helping them walk through this. I sent them this report that I'm talking about because right. she's got a medically disabled husband. Mm-hmm. And so there's different considerations about that. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, if one meets the medical disability uh, tests, both of them meet it. Okay. The same th- same is true for 65 and older. Mm-hmm. Both of them meet it, even if the husband's 65 and the wife is 63. Mm-hmm. So that's something that people might not know. So you've got until from April 1, until April 1, to go file for Homestead. With those doctors. And, you, and, and what that will do is they're going to fill out a form for you, and you're going to uh, have to make some statements like, I do live in this <coughs> house. It is my primary residence. Mm-hmm. I am the head of the household. Those type things. And then, so in, in December, when the tax bill rolls around, it will reflect your reduced taxes. Okay. Okay. All right. Now, if you're medically disabled, you don't have to do it during that time frame. You can file it any time during the year. Right. But you know, if you're going to go down, you need to not only bring those things I just mentioned, but you're going to need to bring some medical disability paperwork right. to prove that you are. Because what that's going to do, if if it's assessed less than seventy five thousand, it's going to take it off the tax rolls. Mm. So the county doesn't get any more money for that. Mm. If you're medically disabled, less than seventy five thousand, or you're sixty five. Mm-hmm. So I I'll just give you an example of what happened. I bought a house in Bellhaven about six years ago, and it had been. Uh, the owners had moved out of out of town, and so they lost their homestead exemption. You can only have one house in the state. It's not per county, right. per state. Right. And so they moved to another uh, town and bought a house. So their homestead fell off mm-hmm. when they filed for the new house. Right. So now I'm going. <laughs> I'm going with landlord rates. Right. And my taxes were over four thousand dollars. So I was under 65 at that point, so I went and filed for Homestead. That reduced them to $2,400. When I turned 65, I had to go refile for Homestead. Same paperwork, same everything, just got you got to do it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't know, know to do that. Right. Well, it dropped it in half again, so it's $1,200 now. Okay. And that's the right number. Yeah, yeah, that's – and now, when they do this and they go down to the courthouse and do all that, that magic with the paperwork – uh, do they have to inform, or who informs the mortgage company if there's a mortgage? Yeah, they'll have to. They're they're <coughs> they're responsible for that. Okay. Uh, the the borrower. Uh huh. And so they got to have some evidence, like a tax bill. Right. And that at that point, they're probably not going to be able to inform, change it before that. Before December. Yeah. Well, before they get actual right. a bill. Yeah. Okay, so that would be generally in December when they send out the. Yeah. Now. One thing that Mississippi does that I don't know of any other state that does it, if you're 
medically disabled, and a dishonorably discharged veteran. Dishonorably. Uh, honorably. Okay. I said that wrong. Okay. Honorably. Scratch that. Okay. Edit that out. Okay. <laughs> honorably discharged veteran and is medically disabled. Mm. Then when you file for homestead, there's not a cap of 75000 I did not it's know that. It's any value. You could own I a million-dollar house and get off the tax rolls. Wow, I did not know that. I'm sure many other did not. Folks, that's what I said. This is going to be a very informative uh, uh, interview here with Walter Walford. So get your pens handy. You might want to jot this stuff down. And if you have questions, you can also contact me, and I will put you in contact with the proper authorities. Uh, so that, I mean, that, that is really good. I was not aware of the uh, um, the veterans aspect uh, coupled with the medical dis. Because there's that, a lot of 100%, good. yeah, there's 100% veterans out here. <clears throat> All right, so let's talk about the requirements for eligibility. Mm-hmm. All right, number one, and this comes right off the tax assessor's website. You can get this information. So it's got to be, you got an applicant must be considered head of family. Okay. Applicant must own the property and reside on the property on January 1 of the year. All right. That's the only date that matters. Mm-hmm. So you better be getting in there, living there before January mm-hmm. 1 if you, you bought go. it. Property, this number three, property must be the primary resident of the applicants. Mm-hmm. All right. Applicants and the applicant's spouse and any joint owners must be a bona fide resident of the state. Mm-hmm. Well, what is that? That means you're you got to prove it, right? That's right. And driver's license and things like that too. Oh, now here's one: applicants must be in compliance with Mississippi income tax requirements. Mm. Did you know the tax assessor rats you out to the state uh, treasury? Mm-hmm. And if you uh, if you yeah, owe if you owe the state money, it kicks you out of this homestead exemption. No, I didn't know that. I knew they would tack it onto your bill. Oh no, you lose. You lose it. <laughs> now, right. now, that what you lose does it go towards your bill, or you just lost it? It's you just you don't have homestead, so okay. now you got the landlord rates, right. which are much much higher. But I mean, even though when you're paying the higher rates, it doesn't go towards that outstanding bill to other parts of the government. No, that's yeah. a pressure point <laughs> yes. that they're putting on there. Mm-hmm. All right, number six, all vehicles owned by or in possession of the applicants must have Mississippi license plates. Okay. Now, what they're going to want to see is do you have a Hines County license? Mm-hmm. So it's beyond just have Miss- Mississippi. They want to know that Are you're you in the properly county. registered in the county mm-hmm. which you're getting homestead. And so applicants can file for homestead exemption on only one residence. So that's kind of important. I would say. All right. So let's talk about some other things that I want to. We when when we sell or finance houses, we're not looking. Uh, we're not doing marketing to find people who are sixty five or older or medically disabled. Right. But they sure do make better borrowers mm. because they don't have that tax liability hanging over their head. It helps the numbers. Yeah. And you know. There are a lot of 65-year-old people that have never owned a house. Mm-hmm. And they may be collecting Social Security or other checks or disability payments, and that would be enough income to qualify them for a house. Between the savings there, yeah. 
it's a big difference. So I want to I want to c- contrast exemption requirements and let's talk about homestead rights. I want you to hold that thought. We're going to be talking more with Walter Waffer. We're going to take a break here. I want to remind you before we go to break, the AC doctor stands at the ready to help you with all your heating and air conditioning needs. As you know, the AC doctor is Central Mississippi's foremost authority on geothermal. People who've had geothermal installed call the AC doctor for troubleshooting because that's just how good he is. And I commend him to you highly. Uh, He is a man of faith and he is a man who will tell you the truth about what's going on with your system. His goal is your comfort. Your comfort is his concern. So if you have problems with your heat and air conditioning, the AC doctor, that number is easy to remember, 601-706-4551 or online, acdr.com. We'll be right back. All right, folks, we're coming to you live from the Mack Hike of Flowwood Studios. And also want to remind you, folks, that our good friends at Mayo Auto Clinic would like to invite you out for some of the finest auto repair known to mankind, honest auto repair, I might add. They've been doing it uh, a long time down on Highway 18 in Raymond, Mississippi. You can check them out online, uh, mayoautoclinicms.com. That's mayoautoms.com. Uh, excuse me. MayoAutoClinicMS.com. I'm sorry, I'm getting tongue-tied here. Uh, we do want to encourage you to check them out, and particularly if you have any diesel engine questions, issues, or concerns, troubleshooting diesel is what they do best. I might commend them to you highly if I would. And again, their web presence is MayoAutoClinicMS.com. All right, folks, Walter Waffer is in the studio. Walt, continue on. All right, Kim, before we leave this homestead exemption talk, Okay. Uh, I want to give you an example of what I'm talking about. So I've just pulled uh, a typical South Jackson house, and this house uh, is 1,225 square feet, built in 1956. Okay? Uh-huh. So it was assessed at 42950 That's a That's a typical South Jackson house okay. assessment. Okay? okay? So look at – you can look – on the land roll data, and they have a, a an area on the Hines County site to give you estimated taxes. Right. So if you filed, if you if you file no homestead and it's a landlord property, it's twelve hundred and forty dollars annually mm-hmm. on the forty two thousand assessed house. If you file regular homestead and you're less than sixty five years old, it's six hundred and fifty two. So that's about half. Right. That's how the numbers work, right? If you file, if you're over sixty-five or medically disabled, that number goes to zero. Got you. So you can imagine if you got one that was more like seventy-five thousand assessed, mm-hmm. much bigger numbers, right? Okay. So I just wanted to leave that with you, and then I want to move over to another area uh, that a lot of people don't know about either, and it's homestead rights. Now, the uh, Mississippi wanted the public policy that they don't want homeowners having their houses taken away from them because of creditors. Right. That'd be bad. Right. I mean, so this, this is public policy that they established that the first 75000 of value is exempt from creditors coming after you. Creditor protected. Right. All right, let me give you a real example of this, how that works. So I got a call from an attorney said, I've got a client that needs to sell the house, and I looked it up, and you can look this up online, and he had a bunch of judgments 
about two hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of judgments, and the house was worth less than a hundred. Hmm. So, how do you sell a house that's got that many, hmm. uh, that much Move judgments? Right. Well, so he said, because I didn't know, and he said I took them to court. Mm-hmm. So we went to a court process that removed those judgments up to seventy five thousand in value, mm-hmm. and then he sold it to me for less than that. So he got a little something out of it. Huh? But see, this is for the people that think, <coughs> right? That think that they they may not uh, can sell their house mm-hmm. because of the judgments. Because them. of the judgments, and it's not uncommon at all to see hospital bills. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, as I told you earlier, my 19 days two years ago mm-hmm. at the Baptist Hospital with COVID, those 19 days was six hundred fifty thousand dollars. Wow. You got the luxury treatment. Didn't you? Well, it's called ICU. is what it's <laughs> oh. called. <laughs> wow. Anyway. So um, you can see how people. Uh, thank goodness I had Medicare over right. 65 right. and Humana supplement that I don't know why it is, but. I don't, I don't know anybody that had to pay for the hospital stay that had COVID. Nobody. Right. I didn't. So what do you think who paid for it? Uh, <laughs> our producer? <laughs> no. <laughs> Taxpayers. Did. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, now this uh, 75000 first 75000 of the home's value being exempted. Now, how does that affect if the mortgage company is one of the lien holders? Well, they got the right – to foreclose on you. Right. But we were talking, they can foreclose mm-hmm. if you don't pay the mortgage. Right, right. And you can lose it if you don't pay your taxes. But do you, is that 75000 exempted under that circumstance? For, uh, no, it's not. Okay, I just wonder. No, otherwise you wouldn't ever. Case, they would owe a whole lot of people $75,000 out there. Yeah, so uh, so <laughs> let, let's look at the crystal ball, Kim. Okay. You got so what's coming down the pipeline? We've seen that real estate sales are slowing because the interest rates are higher. Yeah, to that point, I was on Fannie Mae's website, and I was surprised at the number of houses over $500,000 million plus that people let go back. Because, you know, these were Fannie Mae foreclosures. and I'm, I just wasn't used to seeing that. Of course, it's been a while since I even looked, looked on their website. But I didn't know that, that that was happening out there like that in those high. I thought the houses would have been moved by now, but. Well, with uh, with this inflation piece that's going on, that average families picked up another $1,000 worth of expenses they didn't have last year. It's the same expenses, just higher, like food. Well, I mean, it makes a lot of difference. Yeah, Gas, food, and lights and beer. So then they realize that they can't, number one, buy a house because it's – it's going back. You mentioned 1986. Yeah. I was around in 1986 yeah. when the, the uh, FHA <coughs> FHA uh, mortgage rates were 18 percent. Well, nobody could buy a house. I think if, I think I got one at 12, and that was with a, some kind of program. And at the time, that was a great deal. But you know, it quickly got that refinanced once the numbers came down. But you're right. Uh, these numbers are insane, and this is why we have Walter in here to try to help you piece together what's going on. Whether you're a homeowner, potential homeowner, a renter, an investor, just kind of give you a, a, a look at the landscape from somebody who's been looking at it for the last 40, 50 years. This is a, this is a good overview. That sounds old, Kim. <laughs> that sounds. All right, so what, what do I think the play is going to be next year? Mm-hmm. Now, this my crystal ball is just as cloudy as yours. It, it, it's, worth, it's worth the price here. But yeah. uh, I don't see that <clears throat> the interest rates are going down mm-hmm. anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um. So what that means is people are not going to be able to hire 
builders to build them a house because they can't afford it. Right. So that's that's already slowing down. Well, that's going to be good for, in one sense because I've had a hard time getting contractors to work on my houses. Yeah, that's right. Because they've been chasing those newer houses. That's right. Well, those are coming. They're going to be a lot more contractors willing to talk to you and mm. bid things out in the future, which that'll be good. It won't be necessarily good for those contractors because now they're going from full employment to going to, going mm-hmm. back to the way it was. And selling their tools now. But <laughs> so what What I'm going to be doing next year, uh, I still buy houses after all these years, but to take advantage of those low interest rates to their own houses right now that people – think about this. So you got – let's say you got a $200,000 house mm-hmm. and you got a $150,000 mortgage. Right. All right, so there's 50000 of equity in that house, mm-hmm. and they want to sell it, so they list it with you. Mm-hmm. And then so your buyer has to go get a new mortgage, right? right? That's right. And so how hard is that going to be? It's going to be hard based on the interest rate, but go ahead, Al. All right, so they <laughs> may be paying 3% mm-hmm. on their mortgage, mm-hmm. and I'm just making these numbers up, so I don't know. But to to buy that same house, the payment would be way higher at mm-hmm. 7%. Mm-hmm. Like way, way, way higher. Than to assume. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about maybe five or six hundred dollars a month more. That's right. And so, how hard is it going to be to sell that house now? Mm-hmm. It's going to be very hard. So, I, I think for the investors in in town in our market, you can buy those houses subject to the mortgage, meaning you don't have to pay it off. Right. And you've done that in yeah. your career, hadn't you? And matter of fact, I was just talking with my daughter couple weeks ago out in Dallas about because she's looking at getting a home next year and I was telling her the very same thing that take the money because you know out there uh, it's going to require uh, you pay more in taxes because they don't have sales taxes and things like that but I said but take that money that you have that you've been saving up to purchase a home and just come in one of your co-workers there at the hospital somebody's under pressure to, to get out from up under more well they move the yeah. job change moving out of town <coughs> people die mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know uh I, I see splitting up couples that split up put such financial pressure on each other when right. they do that. Right. I mean, just, you can't afford it. Yeah. Chicken play a, a financial chicken with one another to the detriment of both of them in the family. But there's an opportunity there for someone. What 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 uh, Walter's bringing out there, folks, that if you got some cash on hand and you're thinking about buying a home, there's other options out there rather than going out and getting a high interest rate wrong, uh, loan. Is again, this is where having a, a, a somebody who's seasoned in the business to uh, walk you through. This is why we're going to be having Walter and talk more about it, just in the generic sense about real estate in general, about the opportunities. This is about information. Uh, again, so much of what we're going through in this economy here is, be, you know, people get mad at the folks who take advantage of the tax laws and say the rich are getting rich. They got to break. They ain't got to break. They just did what you did. You pulled it. Now, we've both been in business long. Same. I had never sat down and read this like you had. And being able to bring it out and say, okay, yeah, this is a benefit that everybody can have, yada, yada, yada. It's information. And it's not Well, remember, who who wrote the tax laws? Congress did. That's right. And so they wrote it for themselves. (laughs) And and our state legislature. So it's not not abusing the system. It's operating under the rules that we have. Well, that's what President Trump said. He said, said, no, he said, I, I, uh, what did he say? He said, I, I. I played by the rules, essentially, and that's what he's doing here. And you can do the same thing. But, again, you have to avail yourself. If you're not going to avail yourself of the information, nobody's mistreating you. You're just taking the luxury. You're spending your time, which is a dollar, doing nothing. So you're not being cheated. 
You're getting what you pay for. We're going to take a quick break. Walter Wofford's in the studios with us. We'll be taking questions in the next hour if you have questions about、uh, what we've been discussing or real estate in general.、Uh, we'll try to answer them. If not, we'll just say we don't know. We'll be right back. Hey, folks, we're back in the studios. Walter Wofford. Wofford, you want to finish your thought on the, on, the, on, the, on the exemption? In the next hour, we'll take questions. All right. So we're going to talk about homestead rights just、okay. to continue it. So this is the policy they don't want. They don't want creditors to take away primary residence in Jackson.、Okay? Mm-hmm. I'm not just Jackson, in Mississippi. So here's something that you might not know. What happens if you're married and your spouse goes and signs a mortgage, a deed of trust?、Mm-hmm. What's the effect of that, Kim? Do you know? I'm sorry. I was. All right, it's your primary, primary residence.、Mm-hmm. You're. And your spouse goes and signs a mortgage. Okay. And you're married. What's the effect of that mortgage?、Uh, well, it's, it's dicey. It's, no, it's not. It's void. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's dicey, void.、Uh, they did it at their own risk, obviously, and not inform, informed themselves of all the parameters. All right, so who was, who's at risk then?、Uh, the mortgage holder. Well, the lender yeah, is the lender, at risk. Yeah, yeah, the mortgage. Yeah, that would be the lender, yeah. Uh, so, anyway, that's something that you need to know that、uh, if you're married, one, one spouse can't convey the property out、mm-hmm. without both of them signing. Well, what about doing a divorce situation when the, the judge says, okay, you keep the house? Who's responsible? Yeah, well, that that's, a, that's a court decision.、Yeah. Then, I mean, but the mortgage per- person lent the money still expecting both of y'all to pay, or you know, you, they're still holding both of you responsible. Even the court said you're free. Yeah, that's right. But so ultimately, they'll go their separate ways、right. and divorce.、Mm-hmm. But that's, that's teeing up something that's really interesting. So you got a couple that splits. And let's say neither one of them are living in the house.、Mm-hmm. And we'll just put that back in that example we were talking about a minute ago where you got a $200,000 house with $150,000 owed on it.、Mm-hmm. And so they've got, they've got a real problem because that mortgage payment has got to be. Paid every month, and if and who would pay it? Would it be him or her? Neither one, right? Right. And so, what happens is then they get behind, and then it makes it harder for you to sell the house if you're going to list it, Kim. And so, what what that's the opportunity I was talking about、right. is that you in next year in particular, they're going to be houses are going to be harder to sell because of the interest rates. But you can go buy that house because, in that example, the couple is only going to get the difference between what it sells for、mm-hmm. and what's owed. Right. And we, you know that 10% disappears through、oh, real estate. Commissions and fees. So、yeah. just half of that <coughs> $50,000 will disappear, but you don't have to pay the mortgage off. Right. All right. So that's buying subject to the mortgage. Now, you've got to make the payments.、Mm-hmm. If you don't make the payments, then they've got the right to foreclose on them. But what. What we do, so I'm, I'm introducing two new topics right now. I guess we're done with the homestead talk、right. and the homestead exemption、and、talk. If you have any other questions, you can contact me and I'll try to get an answer for you.、Uh, all right, so a lot of people are not even aware of this industry of the short term rentals,、mm-hmm. where you got a house or an apartment where you will rent for three n i g h t Walter, we're up against the,、uh, the end of the hour. We have Walter Walker. We're going to keep it in for the. Next hour, so if you've got questions or comments, or if you want to hear the rest of what he's getting ready to say, give us eight minutes. We'll be right back. Well, that's a good, te- good hook. Te- 
All right, folks, we're back and in the studios with us is Walter Walford. We're broadcasting live from the Mack Hike of Flowwood Studios. Before we get back to Walter, I want to remind you folks about the opportunity for you business owners to be head and shoulders above the rest of your competitors when, let's just say, you come into your office one morning and your employees are sitting around saying, hey, the uh, Internet's down. I mean, we can't do anything. Well, there's a business called Advantage Business System that's been around since 1976. And what they do is come in and make sure whenever you have uh, equipment problems, they're the ones who come in who keep it, uh, get it up and running and keep you working. Because when those people sitting around riding the clock, you're not making money, you're paying money. Well, with Advanced Business System, what they're going to do is do an audit of your business and take care of everything that's out there, whether it's your email, voice over IP, your internet, uh, your Zoom calls, your fax, your copier. If anything breaks, they're on it. They can uh, monitor it remotely, and many people do that. But what they do when they monitor remotely, if they see a problem, they've got a tech on the way to make sure that you won't spend all morning on 800 numbers getting told to run around. So they handle all that. So check them out online. ABSMS.com is their web presence, and the number over there is 362-9192, 362-9192. So check them out today. But wait, there's more. There's a companion business offer that I can offer you coming to you from PeopleLease, PeopleLease.com. That's right, been around three decades offering you some of the finest services to keep your business running. They handle your HR. They handle your payroll. They handle your interface with all the various government agencies, whether it be the Department of Labor, Workman's Comp, or whoever. Check them out online, PeopleLease.com, 601-987-3025. And, folks, if you have need and you have a desire to offer retirement services for your uh, employees, folks, they handle all that. In other words, you can plug into their retirement uh, program that they offer and offer that same program to your employees. PeopleLease.com, two businesses, ABS, MS, Advantage Business Systems, and PeopleLease, folks, to be keep to put you head and shoulders above your competition, plus keep you in compliance with all the regulatory agencies that are out there. PeopleLease.com and ABSMS.com. Mr. Producer, could I get a little bit in my ears, please, here? Thank you, sir. That would be over on that side there. Yeah. There you go. There you go. That's getting better. All right, we have Walter Walford in the studios. Walter, Walford, uh, Walter, if you can remember where you were, because I don't. Well, we've been <laughs> jumping around. So in the last hour, we, we talked about homestead exemption. That's right. Uh, and we talked about homestead rights. Right. And so I'm going to segue now, if we can, Kim, to we talked about the, the uh, cloudy crystal ball. What's going to happen in the future that's going to be harder to sell houses, but there are going to be different opportunities out there. One thing that many people don't even know that the it exists is an industry of short-term rentals. Right. And Airbnb, VRBO, that sort of thing, <laughs> that, are in, that are in some sense direct competition to the hotels, right? Right. But with the COVID, what happened is people didn't want to go to the hotels because it's mm-hmm. around so many people. Right. And so that industry really took off uh, after the shock of COVID. People really wanted to stay in houses or uh, furnished apartments, furnished houses. Right. And so there's, I know a lot of people in in Jackson that do this as a business. And it's what they, one of the things they do is called rental arbitrage. Mm -hmm. And so this is, this is the concept. You go to a landlord and say, I want to be your tenant. What what do you want to rent your house, three-bedroom, two-bath house? So let's say it's $1,500. Right. And so 
arbitrage means buying in one market, selling in another. That's what the term means. Okay. So we're going in the landlord retail landlord market, and then we're going to put it out for rent in the short-term rental market through the platforms of Airbnb, Expedia, VRBO, and the other ones. And so instead of paying $1,500 a month, you may be able to rent that house for 200 to 250 a night. you got to furnish it. Mm-hmm. So that spread is called the arbitrage. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people do that business here in town. Now, you can own them. You can own the house and do the same thing. Mm-hmm. But the opportunity, if if I were talking to my 20-year-old self, mm-hmm. some oh, I'm 68 now, <laughs> so I'm going, to, I'm going to talk. To me, the best opportunity today mm-hmm. in our area is short-term rentals. Because you remember, Kim, mm-hmm. what's the quickest way to get 10000 a month in the real estate business? Mm-hmm. You, you heard that. That's been a kind of a standard, hasn't it? How how quickly can you get build up enough income for ten thousand a month? Oh, okay, I got you. Didn't you hear that yeah. going? Well, the rental arbitrage business you could do that within a year. Mm. And remember, you're not buying the house; you're buying the furniture. Mm. Folks, uh, Walter's giving out a lot of good information here. Uh, his email is Walter Walford, W O F F O R D at gmail dot com. If you want to. Communicate with him directly, ask specific questions. I can't remember all of this. A lot of this I do know, and a lot of this I have forgotten, and a lot of this he's reminding me of. But again, there's, you know, and see, this is one of the things you hear about me talk about on this program. This is why I love America. This is why I love the opportunity this country has. Folks, when I hear people trying to bring America down because of what happened 200 years ago, 300 years ago, you have no idea what it took for us to get to this point where we have this affluence and all this plenty. I just ask that you sit and reconsider and don't be so bitter and actually be more uh, 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 hopeful and joyous and grateful of the opportunities we have. And people like Walter, who's offering off, uh, up this information, because many of you are sitting on the resources and assets you need to be to get that $10,000 a month. to get. In other words, you don't have to envy a Walter Walford or a Donald Trump or anybody all you have to do is avail yourself of all this information. And most of it is just, it's not proprietary. It's out there. No, no. There's no secret about <clears> this. <throat> yeah. No secret at all. Right. All right. So I'm going to I'm gonna make uh, some people's head explode here, <laughs> if that's okay. So we've established that you could go to a landlord. And why would they want to do that? Well, number one, we have to keep the property up better than a typical tenant because we get reviewed publicly every time a guest stays there. We got to review the guests. They got to review us. Mm-hmm. And so, if you got a leaky toilet, they're going to tell you. Mm-hmm. If you got any kind of leak, or so, yeah. it's a trust thing that the Airbnb has built. Keeps everybody honest. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and not all you know people have different expectations. Right. A lot of people want the Marriott experience with the Motel Six price. Right, right, right. So you need to be upfront with expectations, but. We've got seven of them that we that we operate, and all of them are booked this week because it's Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. People come in from all over town. We had somebody that uh, came in last night from uh, from Canada, mm-hmm. and they came down to visit their, <coughs> visit their family member. Mm-hmm. And why do they do that? Because it's cheaper for a family gathering where mm-hmm. you got a fire pit, water view. On some cases, you've got separate, three separate bedrooms. It's mm-hmm. cheaper than going to a hotel. And you can bring in your food and all that. And you don't have to deal with the hotel stuff. Right. 
Now, let me ask you for a point of illumination. So someone has a house uh, and they can uh, put it with you and you're going to put it with Airbnb, what is it, B-R-O-B-O, yep. yeah, and, and that'll be on your end. So you're just basically finding out about an asset that you can employ in the arbitrage or in this. Yeah, you know. so remember, we're not buying these houses. We're right. becoming ten- mm-hmm. tenants. So mm-hmm. would a, a, an owner of a property want a short-term rental? Mm-hmm. Well, number one, besides having to keep it up, we got cleaners in there once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. Is that okay. typical? No. no, that's not mm-hmm. typical. Mm-hmm. And so we've got to keep it up better. And now in Jackson, there's currently no zoning mm-hmm. against short-term rentals. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to do it in Madison and Richland. Right. They got yeah. they got different rules up there. And uh, you can do them in other places too. Certainly outside of Madison, outside. So of if the somebody's going to be stationed. Let's just say, you know, they get called up for the service and they're going to be uh, gone for six months. They can make that property available uh, to sure. you. Okay. Sure. Well, I'm not I'm not trying to get people. No, to no, 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 no. I'm just, it's, no, it's I'm an, just saying. It's an idea. Yeah, right, right. It's I'm an saying, idea. In other words, if they, if you know you're going to be, you're, in other words, you're going to be paying that note for six months, whether you're in Croatia or wherever, uh, and you want to make it available, and so you can at least, you know, offset that cost because, Let's face it, it's a strain on some of these men and women to have to go abroad like that. And, you know, it's just something to consider. Well, Croatia would be too tough duty. I've been there a couple of times. But, all right, so here's here's one real example. Mama, living by herself, got to go to the nursing home. Her life expectancy, nobody knows. But she's got a house, and she's got a decision to make about that house. And it's furnished, Right. And I bet you there's a hundred houses like this in Northeast Jackson Mm -hmm. that mama had to go. Now, what happens when that house is vacant? Mm. Potential of uh, being burglarized or just anything that could happen to when people notice that it's not being. uh, Well, what people don't realize, and I (laughs) I have learned this the hard way Mm -hmm. multiple times, Mm -hmm. is your insurance, unless you get a vacant policy, vacant dwelling policy, Mm If that property is vacant for 60 days and there's a fire, they're not going to pay. They're not going to pay. And so to get a vacant coverage policy is three times as much. Mm. So why don't you just take that house? The people that are going to rent it are going to have to paint all those walls and make it look better anyway Mm -hmm. because nobody's going to stay in a house that's got a lot of cracks in the walls and that sort of thing. And they could bring in their furniture or use the, what's there. There's an insurance policy for every guest for any damage that's done up to $50,000. Oh, okay. So that kind of takes away some right, of that. Right. And and you could even make a deal with a, let's just split the income. Mm-hmm. Split the income. Mm. And so what does that do for paying towards mama's nursing home fees? It's mm-hmm. a good idea. Folks, and this is the reason why I wanted to have Walter in is, again, he's a wealth of information, and he's got some partners in crime out there who will probably uh, come in at some point to also give their experience and their, and their worldview. What we're trying to point out to you, folks, that there are options, and, you know, real estate is what makes the world go around. It's what makes our governments run. It's how they make their – it's the biggest tax revenue generator for any uh, uh, a municipal or political entity out there, so – Again, understanding how you can best benefit from it because again, you got to pay. You're never without a landlord if it's no more than a tax man. Somebody you got the you owe uh, uh, tribute to that's at some right. point. So that's right. We're talking with Walter Walford. If you got any questions, our number six zero one 
877-900-0002. Now, how are, now, let's go back to the IRA investment. Now, how does that work in here? All right, so <coughs> we're, going, we're, we're adding another layer of complexity to okay. this. Okay. Um, in the late 90s, Congress uh, changed the rules about individual retirement accounts from the traditional IRA that was back in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. And I remember very well because I was at Millsaps College in the 1970s, mm-hmm. and I opened up an IRA, traditional IRA, $500 in there, thinking it was a good thing in about 1970, in the 70s, <laughs> until uh, t- until I needed a, a some beer money and I cashed it out. So that's what a college guy does. Mm-hmm. But that's how long they've been around. Right. And so in the nineties, the difference between the traditional and the Roth is you don't get a deduction when you put your money into a Roth, but any earnings grow both of them grow tax deferred, but the only difference is the Roth you don't have to pay taxes when you take it out when you're fifty nine and a half or older. Mm-hmm. All right, now why does why does that even come into play with this short-term rental arbitrage, you can take your retirement account uh, and move it to a company. I'm not talking about Fidelity or one of those because they're not going to allow it, but there are about 20 major companies in the United States that allow you to self-direct your retirement account. Hmm. They're not going to make any decisions for you. You're going to make the decision. So everything you've done in the real estate world in your past, you could have done with your IRA, virtually anything. Mm. There are just very few... uh, prohibitions about that so could you do a short-term rental arbitrage in your retirement account and the answer is absolutely yes Mm. i know a bunch of people that are doing that Mm. now don't you have to be retired to do this no Uh, no you don't have to be retired (laughs) oh that's i'm asking so no 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 you don't have to be retired is you can't take the money out tax-free until you're 59 and a half So all the money is just going back in there, just building up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, with with some exceptions. Mm-hmm. With some exceptions. And uh, we'll talk about those at a, at a later date. Okay. But so what does that mean that you can have a rental business mm-hmm. that doesn't pay any income tax? That's a good idea. <laughs> now, how many accounts do you know that that, that would be true of? Mm-hmm. None. Can't think of any, though. So another piece, I'm going to pull them back one more layer. Well, I'm going to leave a cliffhanger on that. We're going to take a quick break. Our number, 601-879-0002. Uh, we have in the studios Walter Walford. As you can see, he's a wealth of information. Folks, he ain't talking about something he's heard. He's done all these things. So, again, uh, our number, 601-879-0002. We'll be right back. Let me go get What a peace of mind. All right, folks, we're back with the wizard of finance. Walter Walford's in the studios with us. He's giving, folks, this uh, Airbnb, the Vibro, via whatever it is. VRBO. VRBO. All this, this is a good idea. Uh, our producer just, you know, he was thinking about his uh, uh, family situation. And uh, you need more information. Matter of fact, we'll just uh, bless us with your words. Keep going. But, but well, I, need to, I need to pay some bills here. Hold on here. Up here, just jaw jacking here. This ain't free. This is commercial radio over here. We're capitalists over here. I want to remind you about our good friends over at Frederick Sales and Service. That's right, folks, in Brandon, Mississippi, 1006 Old Highway 471 in downtown Brandon. As you know, they're Central Mississippi's largest Xmark dealer. And when you're looking to upgrade to a zero turn more, Xmark is the one lawn care professionals two to one prefer. That's because it's a workhorse. 
It's one that's not going to put you down. You're going to get your time in. You're going to get a day's work out of it, folks. I commend them to you highly. That's FrederickSalesAndService.com. And again, financing is available. And if you need any of your lawn care equipment to repair, their service department is second to none. FrederickSalesAndService.com. Check them out today. All right, with no further ado, we're back to Walter Walford. And he's talking about how you can use your retirement. uh, What is it? Retirement fund? Retirement account. So uh, (coughs) I've got to have a little basic information out there. Okay. okay? So. Retirement accounts have been around for a long time. Right. The Roth IRA has been around since 98. So how many years ago? That's a bunch. Right. And so there's, these, these are not new rules. Right. They tweak them on occasion, which they did. So if you self-direct your retirement accounts, whether it be your traditional IRA or your Roth IRA, you've got to move your custodian to a company that allows that. Because if you go to Wells Fargo, they're not, gonna, they're not set up to do it. Right. Just keep in mind that... Of all the retirement accounts in the United States, 97% of them are in traditional investments, 97%. Mm -hmm. Stocks and bonds and that sort of thing, 3% are in non-traditional investments. So what does that mean this year for the people Mm -hmm. that have their money in stock? Well, they're down Mm -hmm. across the board. And I I look at the stock market every day not because I have any stocks, because I'm looking at my mother's stock portfolio. Right. And so it, it earlier this year it was down twenty one percent. The whole right. the Dow was down twenty one percent. Now it's about seven or eight percent right now. Mm-hmm. So it it it's sad to say to feel good about it only losing eight percent of your of your principal. Right. If you had to cash out. So the thing about self directed IRAs, it's entirely up to you. You can use your skill set to influence what you earn. And so I like real estate and mortgages. I do that a lot. But they've been around. So I want to tell you there's seven accounts that you can self-direct. Okay. And one of them is going to be of interest to you. All right. So we already know the traditional and the Roth IRA. Right. The two other type, uh, Simple and SEPs, those accounts, they're not very popular today, but they've been around for a while. Mm-hmm. 401K. If you have a business that you have a 401k and it's typically it would be a mom and pop operation without employees, you can have a 401k mm-hmm. and self-direct it into real estate. And uh, it's much bigger than real estate. Mm-hmm. We're talking about flipping radio stations earlier. Right. You can do that in your retirement account. Mm-hmm. How about that? Now, that's awesome. a that's a weird thing. You can own. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you in just a minute what all the sort of things you can do. But the other two accounts after the 401k are specialty accounts, and one is a Coverdale education account, and then your health savings account, that you can self-direct your health savings account into investments that you know. Get out of here. Yeah. I did not know that. Yep. I didn't know that about the Coverdale or the education account or the, okay. So they, they those <laughs> accounts can all be self-directed, and so you got to move it to a a custodian that will allow that, and then you tell them what to do. All right. Now, what is the process for letting someone, you know, letting the proper person know? You go to your employer. Who do you go to? Individual retirement accounts. Okay. So this is an employer account. Okay. I'm not talking about your company 401k because they're not going to let you get your hands on that most likely until you quit or get fired. That's what I was asking you about. uh, Okay. Yeah. Good deal. Good deal. So, what, what can you do with it? What kind of investments? Well, they only there are only two things you can't do, mm-hmm. and one is you cannot invest in collectibles like artwork, 
and cars and fine wines mm-hmm. and stuff like that because they're hard to value. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. How about having a Monet in your retirement account? Well, they're hard they, they prohibit that. The mm-hmm. other thing is you can't take use your IRA money to take out an insurance policy on somebody else's life. Mm-hmm. That'd be <laughs> counterproductive. But anything else that you <coughs> that you've done and to, right, so I'll just use it. So you're mm-hmm. a licensed agent. Mm-hmm. You get paid a fee when you sell something. Right. Well, you could do the same thing if you just took an option with your IRA holding the option and then sell the option and that money comes back into your retirement account. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm. So we've I'll just give you some examples of things that I know about they've done. Build a spec house, that's mm. done commonly. Mm. Buy land, divide it, finance it, hunting land, very commonly done. To you agents out there to what he just said, for those of you who hit that big lick, you, I mean you, you the biggest commission check you ever got, ninety thousand dollar check you got coming into you, do what Walter just said. And then you can use that 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 as your investment fund going forward, and uh, you can just branch out rather than going out buying your car or consumer items. Just man, this is a springboard, brother. All right, so these you the audience may not know have not learned about this, but they it's not that it's the information's not out there. Right. Uh, I like to things that I'm interested in is go to Google Alerts and put it in there, and every day you'll get whatever is said on that topic. Mm-hmm. Every day you get delivered. And so one of the things that I want to introduce to you that's even better, mm-hmm. because uh, Roth IRAs and traditionals, you can't take a qualified distribution until you're age 59 and a half, and the account's been open for five years. Okay. All right, so what if you're younger than that? You're over that, aren't you? Yeah, a few. I'm over it. But what if you have, if you want to use the gift that Congress gave us many years ago to help your grandkids mm-hmm. pay for their schooling? So they, if they inherit a Roth IRA, now think about this just a minute. So Congress had to figure out what to do with these IRAs if somebody dies. And they figured it out. They've got rules for that about... What happens to that money? But one of the most important things is if you inherit a Roth, you don't have to wait until you're 59 and a half to take the money out tax-free. That's why all three of my grandbabies have inherited Roth IRAs. So they've, they've had them for a number of years under the old rules that, uh, that meant that they got a tax-free account for their lifetime. Mm. And Congress created this. Okay, mm-hmm. they know all about this. This mm-hmm. is not a secret. Matter of fact, I got a primer on my desk that was a congressional research company that tells Congress what they did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and here's here's what you did, because many members of Congress weren't around when they created these IRAs, mm-hmm. you know, back in the 90s and the 70s, <clears throat> that sort of thing. So uh, we use uh, – so the next – layer if you're less than 59 and a half you would be ideal if you talk to a family member that might be older or sick and say look i want you to leave a lasting financial legacy for my grandkids Mm -hmm. and so all i need you to do is on some small piece of money Mm -hmm. put their names on your beneficiary account Mm -hmm. and when they pass now they've inherited it and they could use that money just like going to getting a piece of property under contract 
$100 earnest money, get it under contract, right. sell the contract. You've done that before, haven't right. you? Right, yeah. That money comes back into the inherited Roth IRA account, and they can take it out at their age tax-free. Hmm. Folks, we're not an uh, investment advisor or anything like that. We're just talking about life experiences that he has had. We encourage you to, uh, again, uh, this uh, program will be podcast. It'll be up. The podcast will be up in a day or two, maybe. Or at least pro- it'll be up soon. Uh, you know, this is the holiday season. But we have Walter Walford in the studios with us. He's talking about a lot of money-saving ideals, folks, on, on how to do things. You know, we get mad and say that uh, these people are rich and they're taking – they're not taking – they're taking advantage of information. You can do the same thing. Yeah, who was that? Uh, Jeff Bezos. All those years he didn't, he didn't pay any taxes with Amazon, but because he was reinvesting and he was – well, I think he probably has more uh, lawyer, I mean, uh, accountants on the, on the, than he has employees. Uh, anyway. We're going to take a quick break. Our number is 601-879-0002. Remember, this broadcast will be a podcast, up for podcast here in a day or two. We'll be right back. All right, folks, we're with the Wizard of uh, the Wizard of Oz, if you will, Walter Walford, uh, as his grandkids call him, Wally Pop. <laughs> anyway, uh, I want to remind you, folks, two-gun tactical, staying at the ready this holiday season. Folks, if you want to come by, you have family in town, friends in town, and you want to go to the range, if the weather's not optimal, or if the weather is, uh, it's still a good time to go to Two-Gun Tactical. And as you know, they offer classes for the ladies. You need to check out the calendar and see if you can't get a class in with Veronica out there. You get a, a weapon for uh, your birthday, holidays, or any days, and you want to learn how to use it. And remember, Two-Gun Tactical is the only training classes out there that actually shows you how to disassemble and clean your firearm. I don't know of any other gun range or any other gun trainers are out there that are offering that. They'll teach you how to shoot it. But if your gun is not reliable, if it jams, you're stuck like Chuck. Two-Gun Tactical. On the cutting edge, don't be on the killing floor. Twoguntactical.com, located 667. Casey Lane in Flowood on the Highway 80 in the Flowood. So check them out today. Twoguntactical.com. All right, Walter, it's all about you, my friend. Now, you're giving us some good information. Uh, and you told us your crystal ball, uh, what you predict for next year. Sounds like there's going to be a lot of houses. And then you mentioned about people who have... Uh, parents whose uh, home is going to be available because they have to come live with the kids or go into a home or whatever. Uh, if they're going to be hospitalized for six months, that home is still available for Airbnb, Vibro, et cetera, right? Yeah, I've seen it so that if you got a house, when things really slow down <clears throat> and the choice for the owner is to pay the mortgage or not right. with a vacant house. Right, walk away, yeah. Walk away. So why not make a deal with some other people that are in this business mm-hmm. to look? Many times the house that that's listed has furniture, doesn't it? That's right. Many times. Mm-hmm. They, and they leave it in there for showing it mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. So if the, the entry to a short-term rental, you could do it. You could get it up and running in a day mm-hmm. if you're organized and know what you're doing. Right. And then what's great about these platforms, Airbnb and Expedia, VRBO, is they're such an effective platform that you could put it on, you could turn it on this afternoon and have a booking today. Hmm. You can turn it on and off as you want. Yeah, if you wanted to move, we got a lake outside at the reservoir, mm-hmm. and we were going to be out there this holiday, mm-hmm. and we just blocked it. Mm-hmm. We blocked it for our own use and then turned it back on. Hmm. Folks, some great ideas. I'm telling you, folks, America is still the land of opportunity. It's the land of profit. 
And again, you can have it your way. As he said, you can turn it on or off. You make your home available. Let's say that you're, you know, you're going to be out of town or you, you're a snowbird. You go up and down uh, the country uh, based on the seasons. That's an opportunity there, right? You know, when they were building this Amazon plant, they, had, they were looking for housing for some of the contractors that worked out there. And there was a bunch of people that worked there. <coughs> and they, they had an offer. They said, uh, we want to put our people in the house for 15 weeks. Mm. And they'll pay a certain amount of money for that. And I, I told my wife, I said, honey, what? where would you want to go if we had to get out of our house for 15 weeks with a $24,000 prepaid debit card? Where would you like to go? Because that's what they were paying. Wow. Wow. And, uh, and because it was cheaper than going to the hotel. Mm-hmm. For the housing, so there's a lot. There are a lot of uses. I mean, for if you just think about a house, the reason I got into this business was because I had a house at the reservoir that I, I wanted access to. I wanted it's on the water. Right. All right. So I, what was my choice? I could rent it out full time and get money to come in to pay for it. And not, be a and not have access to it. I said, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I said, that's why I kind of failed into this short-term rental business mm-hmm. is so you can pick and choose when you want to rent it. And it pays for your asset, which in my case was a dead asset mm-hmm. in terms of bringing in money. Mm-hmm. And so there are a lot of dead assets out there. That's right. That's right. Folks, again, this is about making it all work. Uh, Again, you know, so much when you know when I hear people complaining about America or complaining about their life, I say, really, a lot of times, it's the same thing with the city of Jackson. We don't need another leader. We need a good asset manager. We have assets. It's just a matter of making them work, make them pay, make them generate some cash. But we just we are so fixed in our mind about how things can, uh, how things work, and then it's based on our limited view of the world. And you come in here and, and remove the veil of ignorance on all these different possibilities, folks. Listen to what he said. You do not have to walk away from your house and let it go into foreclosure. You can talk with someone who's who who can give you some ideas on how to keep that house. And who knows, you may have better fortunes down the road and be able to get back on your horse and get your house back and move back in it. And, you know, there's a lot of opportunities. There. Well, let's just say that somebody's <clears throat> going to move out of the country for a year. Mm-hmm. Well, what are they going to do? They're going to rent it. What are they going to do with their furniture? Right. They're not They're not going to move the furniture out. Right. So this is an excellent way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would consider renting out my personal residence for some period of time if I were going to take a trip abroad right. for a long period of time. Why not? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, here, look. So it's cheaper to go to Europe today than it is to stay in Jackson, Mississippi. <laughs> we were looking at a trip to Italy recently. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Uh, down in the Naples area, four-star hotels. Mm-hmm. What do you think they cost a night? Oh, four-star? You're probably looking at, in terms of U.S. dollars, three to $400 a month. Night. You would think that, but that's not true because uh, the euro right now is less than the dollar. Okay. And that I, I, can't rem- <coughs> I can't remember in my lifetime that being true, but we had, we had picked out hotels, and they were $70 a night. That's all? That's easy. All right. Okay, we got Kevin on the line. Hey, we got a, a landlord on the line. You're giving him some ideas all the way from D.C. What's up, Kev? Hey, how's it going, Kim? I, I'm really in, uh, in, uh, enjoying the show today. A lot of great information. And like you said, America is still the best place 
to be and uh you can make it here. Absolutely. Everybody can make it. Absolutely. Everybody's trying to get here to make it. There you go. And I just have a quick question for the guest. Okay. What are the three most important financial things that we should be doing in this economy now? What are the three most important things that we should be doing in this economy now? I will hang up and I will listen to your answer. Thank you, sir. And God bless you. And looking forward to having you back on the Kim Wade Show on WYCB. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, all right, so I didn't have a lot of time to think about that. But I'll tell you, at my age, 68, what I'm interested in <coughs> is protecting what I got. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm interested in building residual income. Mm-hmm. And that's why the short-term rental business is residual income. See, Kim, for you to go out and make a buck, you got to go, you got to, you got to kill what you eat, Mm -hmm. right? You got to go do it again and again. This is residual income at its best. Mm. Well, you know, and that's where I'm at in life. Uh, I I don't want to have employees if I can avoid it. Uh, And I don't want to have a lot of overhead. I don't want to have to interact with all the different government agencies on a daily basis. You know, I know you got to do your IRS thing at the end of the year, yada, yada, yada. But that's where I'm at. I want I, I want businesses that, that generate cash and not a whole lot of hassles. Not, you know, I want the control without the ownership, if possible. Well, and so that's what protect you what you got, mm-hmm. and you can do that by different uh, ownership trusts. LLC is a good way. So there's always somebody that wants to take away what you've got right. that didn't earn what you got. That's right. That's right. And, and particularly in the landlord business, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so uh, we can talk more about how to protect your assets at a later time if you'd like to sure. do that. Sure. But that's important. And then <coughs> building that monthly or, or weekly residual income is very important. Well, let me you. ask you uh, about getting into the Airbnb. And is there a, a, a group you can buy into or you just got to start and go through the school of hard knocks on your own or what? Well, <laughs> When I started nine years ago, there wasn't much, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but there's a lot more now out there. So, uh, yeah, I would say just just do a search, and you'll find a lot of education about that. Uh, there are locals here. Why don't you just go to Airbnb and, and put in what you're looking for in the dates, and you'll see <laughs> Somebody, all these yeah. pop up. Send them a message. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you be willing to have uh, lunch or a cup of coffee with mm-hmm. me to talk about this short-term rental business? Right. I got you. And many of the people that I know are in the business are happy to share their information. It's not a competitive thing. Well, we're, we're going to be trying to have some of, the, some of those folks into the studios to talk more about it. Our number is 601-879-0002. I know you're out there listening. Uh, again, uh, this is great information. It will be on the podcast, and uh, I think we're going to replay it on Friday if the Lord says the same. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. I like them. All right, folks, we're here the final few minutes of the Kim Wade Show this day, and we have Walter Walford in the studios with us. He's been blessing us with a lot of information. Uh, yeah, I will send you the link. You got it coming as soon as we finish this show. Uh, a lot of good information. Uh, you can communicate with uh, Walter. Walter's email, let's see here, got it right in front of me. Walter Walford, that's W-O-F-F-O-R-D at gmail.com, Walter Walford. And uh, you can ask him more questions. And, again, he'll be glad to give you the benefit of his years of experience. And he's been successful in a lot of areas. And as I say, folks, 
uh, regarding the city of Jackson. Look, you're sitting on a gold mine. And so many of these cities, inner cities in particular, there's a bubble of cash in there. We just need to do some things on the side. It's not about having the pristine or the right leadership. It's about doing the right things, being a good asset manager. And that's what Walter has proven to be down through the years, along with his, his crew. He's got a large Rolodex of folks who can come in and talk to us, so we'll be drawing on that going forward. Walter, we got about four minutes before we get out of here. You want to bless us with uh, any final thoughts and words? Well, yeah, Kim, thank you for <coughs> inviting me. Thank you much. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you why he called me mm-hmm. on this, because I reached out to him and sent him a video that I did at our local real estate group, and it's called the RIG, R-I-G, Real Estate And when do y'all meet? So it's twice a month. Uh-huh. And we're, we meet at noontime on Thursday up at the Scrooges uh, on Atkins and Old Canton. Yeah. They got a meeting room there. Yeah, right by Sonics, cross from Sonics and Subway and, yeah. You go to Scrooge's and then just say uh, you want to go to the meeting room for Rig. Um, and so they've been meeting for a long, long since time. Since the 80s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly the- <laughs> right. And a matter of fact, I was one of the four people that started that group. I and, and the reason we did it was because there wasn't a market for bruised houses, mm-hmm. houses that needed some work. Where There wasn't a market, not like mm-hmm. there's a market on MLS for a certain type of houses. Right. But there wasn't one, and so we created that, and we would have as many as 100 people showing up, and it was a very active marketplace. Somebody say, I got this house on Santa Clara in South Jackson I want to sell for 15000 and they'd have two or three people that raise their hand and say, I'll take it, subject to me looking at it. Right. And so that we, we, we might have uh, buying and selling 10 or 15 houses during that time. So it was, started out as a marketing group, and it's still around. There's another one uh, also that uh, Jay Wegartner has started recently. Mm-hmm. And so I would say just do a search by real estate investment groups in Jackson, Mississippi. And these are residential. Now, they have commercial groups that meet, and you probably yeah. know about those. But that's not what this is. It's residential. And uh, we need to give a t- hat tip to the original one. That would be you. Bob LaCroix, Paul Flood, and Scott Britton. You guys want to kick this thing well, off? Well, it certainly was Scott. The yeah. others two weren't in there at okay. that point. Well, I do remember Scott walking around with the Hawaiian shirts and the uh, short pants and the uh, Docker shorts. He is the man of leisure. But uh, uh, it was an interesting times back then. Yeah. Well, Cam, thank you for what you do here every week, every day. Well, yeah, and we appreciate you guys uh, for what you do, keeping the city vibrant. Revitalizing that housing stock is the key. I and mean, we just can't, we can't tear down everything. Well, let me tell you something that's made a big difference in a good way. <coughs> it's these hedge funds that have come into town mm-hmm. over the last five or six years. Right. You know, they'll buy a house and they'll go spend twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 on it. And they do, they're buying it for rental. Right. Now, the rents are high on those. And they've taken a lot of houses out of the first-time homebuyer market. But they have changed neighborhoods for the better. Yeah. Yeah. They really have. Yeah, people get upset about the rentals coming in there, but in no in that cases in those cases they are. Uh, but again, also I say those national they see something coming. They know something. Well, they're wanting the market. They're waiting <clears throat> for the market to move up mm-hmm. because they know that Jackson's undervalued for what it is. Mm-hmm. Well, again, Walt, uh, what what days are the rig meeting meet? The investor group? It's uh, twice a month on Thursday. Okay. Uh, so the holidays are going to mess up. Okay. Okay. So but, like the second and fourth uh, Thursday of the month at Scrooge's. If you want to attend, it doesn't cost you anything but the cost of your own lunch. 
17 bucks. 17 bucks. So come over there and eat and get informed. More information. Walt will be coming back along with some of his friends. We're going to take a break. Be back in 22 hours. See you on the radio. Peace.